The Viridian Nutrition range of 200 plus award-winning products includes vitamins, minerals, herbs, nutritional oils, specialty supplements, tinctures and balms. All formulated to be helpful, efficacious and pure. By choosing our Viridian Nutrition range, you are one step closer to your goal of 100% wellness. Ethical vitamins with an organic heart. Available at all Browns outlets. Browns and you. There are billions of women passing through similar experiences all around the world and for whatever reason, we often feel like we're alone. It's time to make a point of discussing these topics from a range of viewpoints. These conversations surpass age, race, location. They are relevant to women everywhere. Welcome to The She Word. Conversations that women rarely have, but really should. MAC Cosmetics supports diversity, inclusion, and conscious beauty for all ages, all races, all genders. MAC Cosmetics Malta is proud to support these important conversations. Visit us at Tinye Street, Slima, and let us help you express your true self. Welcome to The She Word, conversations that women rarely have but really should. Now, Today's conversation is about women's style and fashion. And this is one topic I think applies to all women, whatever age, whatever background and demographic, I think that all of us want to look good. We want to feel as beautiful as we can be. And I suspect there's a good few of us that just don't quite know how. Today's guests are three women who know more about this than most people. Grace, Mary Grace Pisani, owner and designer of Haute Couture label Sasani. We now know each other because yes. we've interviewed and that's how we came to have this show. Exactly. So Mary's Grace's style is distinctive, sophisticated and female shape centric that I know now from interviewing you. I've got to say, you look absolutely gorgeous. Thank you so much. Because you're wearing one of your creations. Exactly. Looking really sexy. Thank you. No, no, you are. <laughs> and a huge happy birthday again, once again to oh, you, because it was, yes, birthday. I know. Hey. That's why we have the sparkly. This is why we have hey. the Ferrari, because it, you've just had your 50th birthday. Yes which has really changed your approach to what you're doing at the moment. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but you've just yes. launched a new collection relating to women of our age. Yes. There you go. Famous age. That famous age that we talked about so much in that one-to-one -one <laughs> interview. Now, Carla Grima. Hello. So good to have you here. You're one of Malta's, also one of, I should say, also one of Malta's iconic designers, embracing the essence. I wrote this. I'm very proud of myself. Embracing the essence of a of the Mediterranean with warm and colorful prints combined with flowing and flattering lines and light fabrics that echo the astonishing climate in which we live in Malta. Amazing. I might have wow. to take that. No, no, you can't. Wow. <laughs> I need some new copy. <laughs> Absolutely. You can have that. I'll let you have that one. But more recently, uh, you've been uh, working with swimwear and activewear uh, in a new range or a relatively new range, which I absolutely adore. And I'm going to ask you more about that in a second. Roberta. Oh. Now, I'm going to call you Roberta Stivala because yes. that's how, how you know me? I know you. Because interestingly enough, I've known you probably longer than almost anybody else I've known in Malta. We would have so, met about 16 or 17 years ago, right. that's which right. is incredible because I used to work with your family, with your father as a creative exactly. director. Exactly. So the young 
Roberta was always really passionate about fashion. I remember that. I remember you coming and bugging me. Yes, I did bug you. I really <laughs> did bug you. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but now you start. Then you back then you started off uh, sort of wanting to go into fashion, and now you're heading up OK Fashion, which is Correct. responsible for some astonishing names in Malta: Sorovsky, uh, Furla. Um, US I, Polo. Yes, indeed. Yes. yes. Some great, great Quite names. Quite a few things happened since that little girl coming to the studio to bug you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been keeping myself busy. Yes, <laughs> I am absolutely sure that you have. Well, listen, first of all, I want to say a big chin chin. It's fantastic to, to meet you again, Mary Grace. Also, Carla, and how cool to see you. And Roberta, who would have Thank thought you. that our journeys would bring us back to this point 16 years later? So I'm going to start off, as I quite often do, with statistics. So first of all, the fashion and clothing market size in Europe uh, was 500 billion euros in 2021 and expected to expand by more than 8% between 2020 and 2025. In 2021, 5.3% of house, the household income in Malta was spent on fashion, putting us a little bit higher than the European average. And that amounts to about 620 euros a year. Now, I'm not sure that figure's right, but we'll come to that as well. Now, this is also a very interesting piece of information that I discovered. According to the International Fair Claims Guide for Consumer Textiles Products, assuming normal wear, you can expect most of your clothes to last for about two years. But fast fashion giants' lifespan of their clothes is predicted to be more than no more than 10 wears, which is absolutely astounding. 10 wears for a piece of clothing for our fast fashion giants around the world. So that's kind of setting the scene. But before we go into the nitty gritty, I'm going to come to each of you and just ask you to give a little bit more information on your journey. Now, we've already visited this journey, which is fascinating, Mary Grace. But I just to paraphrase, how did you get into what you're doing now to be an haute couture designer? It started at a very, very early age, but officially it started in 2016 um, as Sasani, because obviously Sasani, as Mary Grace Pisani, we go back to when I was only four and the journey started there. It wasn't um, a very easy journey because I literally wanted to find myself. I really wanted to... Um, be sure of what I wanted to do. Actually, at times, I don't think I ever imagined myself as a designer. Um, but then when one of um, the most amazing designers dies, it who was Gianni Versace, something struck, a candle lit in me. And from that day onwards, I never looked back. And I said, this is what I want to do. And today, if I don't wake up and I don't see those beautiful faces smiling at me because they are wearing our creation as Sasani, then something is wrong because I obviously wake up to live that moment. Wow. 
Love it. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that. The faces, and we talked about, again, yes. we talked about this in the interview, about your passion for making people feel good. Yes. So we can talk a lot about that as well. But coming to you, Carla, your story, how did you get into what you're doing now? How did you get into your design creations? I was working in the industry and I moved back on a sort of holiday and for a project in... Working in the industry, because that's, that's bigger, big skip. Uh, Where were you working? Okay, what were so you doing? I was studying in the UK. Okay. And then I moved to Paris um, for some studies. And I was working for Marc Jacobs there when he had a studio because he was head designer at Louis Vuitton. And from there... You I were mean, working... With Marc Jacobs and Louis Vuitton? No, I was working with Marc Jacobs, but he had a studio in Paris because at the time he was head designer at Louis Vuitton. So he moved his a part of his studio from the US to Paris so he can work on both brands. That's quite a sexy story. It was really fun. <laughs> I have no doubt. Understatement. Because yes. we're all just sitting there going, wow. Okay, so sorry, sorry for my interruption. We carry on. And then I moved back to London and I was working for a print designer called Jonathan Saunders. He was really big in print. And that's where I was a pattern cutter for him for a few years. And I learned a lot about color and print, just being in the studio seeing what's going on, you know, every every department had its own floor. So pattern cutters were hidden in the attic. <laughs> then you had the sewers, you had the printmakers, but you're always going up and down, you know, having tea together or having a quick break, seeing what everyone's doing. So I learned a lot about print from just watching how he played around with color. I think he's fantastic with color. He still is. And from there, I came back to Malta on a little break and uh, started doing a little project here for another a foreign company, a foreign design company. And when I was back here, I started getting back into the Mediterranean lifestyle, which I really missed. I mean, the flow of life, the weather, the clothes, the color. I'm a very colorful person, but somehow... My wardrobe ended up black, living in cities, black with a few colorful scarves. So coming back here was just quite a sort of rediscovering my roots or I don't know what I left behind. And I come from a ceramic background. So my family's in the ceramic business, very colorful upbringing. And you kind of forget, I think, when you leave or it's not so obvious what you were exposed to when you were younger you kind of forget so yeah coming back loving color again getting into the flow of life here and I started making beachwear so caftans learning about fibers that we need to wear in super humid climates and selling these one-off caftans um, at the time a lot of my friends and my husband now husband and they were working in the Caribbean quite a lot. So they would take some of my caftans there, set up pop-up shops. And they kind of encouraged this idea of setting up a business. And it turned into a resort wear brand, which is now more of a lifestyle brand. And what was your question? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> 
exactly like I'm doing. <laughs> We're all sort of trying to speak like listening going to your back story. In, like, back in, on, in time and going through no, my no, timeline. No, 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 you got, you got it. And, and it's interesting because I can remember the, the caftans. I can remember when you started because we were we were practically neighbours at yes. the time. Uh-huh. So I remember that that period and it's fantastic. And then I bumped into you more recently at Athenaeum Spa when you were launching mm-hmm. this this activewear range and just seeing that journey, me being able to see that journey that you've gone on is is incredible. But I don't know if you ladies noticed how many times Carla said colour. <laughs> You're like, yes, I like colour, I like colour. Yes, that. yes, yes. That, that kind of surmises what your collections are really mm. emphasising, which is the colour. They're very print-based, so yeah, very very colorful yes <laughs> so if you don't like color <laughs> don't look up don't look up my stuff i've had people come to the studio before asking for something black and i just get a bit worried because i don't know how to explain that it's not <laughs> gonna be fun i don't do color <laughs> roberta coming to you so you as i said we've known each other 16 or 17 years you had started off with your family business and then what happened from there you got passion for fashion and then what happened well as you know, I joined my father a while back. And at that particular point in time, I joined him from for the household department that we had going on there. And we had always been partners with Zwarovski for years, for over 25 years, easy. And I don't know, it just the ball started rolling. It, I had When I was younger, I had turned to my father with this business plan that I wanted to open my own clothing shop. And he was like, okay, if this is really what you want and you're showing that you have business potential, like I'm going to fire you up, you know how daddy is, you know, I believe in you, you have what it takes, I'm here to support you, let's do it. So that was venture number one. And then after that, I actually officially joined my father with the business and when it became solely the family business. And then... I took over Zwarovski. So that was my very first, I would say, fashion brand that it's that start I started off with. Zwarovski is just a legend on its own. The brand just comes from an amazing history, vision. I mean, I've learned so much. And that passion that they taught me was what fired off for me to keep on expanding. And then opportunities came along. And with opportunities, you either take them there and then, or else you've missed the boat. So Furla happened, and then there were shoes. So shoes all happened that there was a gentleman who had a family business who didn't have succession at that point in time, and he was looking for a buyer. And then my dad said, sort of, Rob, is this something that would interest you? And I said, no, yeah, why not? And that is how Stivaletti came about. Stivaletti is not a franchise. Many people think it's a franchise. Stivaletti is basically our surname. Stivala, which like See, Stivaletti. I was right about that. Yes, you were. <laughs> so that then that happened. And then other things sort of just rolled on. And I mean, today, even the whole US Polo franchise, we started with the shoes inside Stivaletti. And funnily enough, I was doing some research for some clothing for my kids because I needed a snowsuit for my daughter at that time. She was only three. And I'm seeing this US polo coming up. And I said, hmm. And I checked and I, I won this. And that's it. And I still have this fire, this passion, this curiosity, like to keep on mushrooming. And I think as long as I get to work and 
I still have this thrill and I still want to be hands-on, which sometimes gets a bit out of hand, this control freak, <laughs> OCD woman walking around saying, I want to see this, I want to see what's going on. But, I mean, I think that's what makes the business what it is. And I have to say, the support system of my girls around me in the fashion industry is what sort of eggs me on and encourages me to keep on taking more. So... That's it. That's it. Well, that, that's awesome because now I'm barely convinced that the three of you are qualified to talk about uh, style and fashion. You've, your resumes are perfect. So we've got some experienced ladies. So let's no delve. Pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Speaking of pressure, oh my gosh, I've interviewed. I, I mentioned this to Mary Grace when we, we interviewed before. I've interviewed so many people, but I have never been as paranoid about what I was going to wear as much as I was when I knew that I was going to be interviewing and dis discussing f style and fashion <laughs> with three women that really know about it. So I have to say, incidentally, I went back to my old classic jacket. I was true to just go back to what you know. Thank you very much indeed. But really woke up in a bit of a cold sweat. So now that we know that that's, that's where you guys are from, I want to kind of delve into this whole idea of style and fashion. And the first question that I've got for each of you is for you guys to define what style and fashion are, because the two are not the same. And if you can describe fashion and then really give me a definition of what style is, because I think when we spoke, Mary Grace, you said you, you thought that 70% of women were essentially not making the most of their assets and not dressing as well as they could do, because we don't really know what we should be doing. So I'm going to come back to you first, and I'm going to go around the table the other way. Roberta, describe to me what fashion is, and then give me a definition of style. So You're not allowed to cheat and copy, yeah, okay? <laughs> I'm going to, I'm the guinea pig here. No, um, fashion is basically the in-trend. Fashion is something that is out there which is influenced by an emotion a pattern an on-trend it's tangible you see it right so for example the big labels would decide on what is the in look the look of today going to be the patterns the colors the fabrics that sort of thing so fashion is something that is constantly changing depending on the era if you want to call it that, and readapting itself to this day and age. So I think if I explain myself properly, for me, that is fashion. It is the goal. It is there. Everyone wants that. The ultimate nirvana, right? That is fashion. It's up there. Style, on the other hand, is something personal. Style is something that is you. Style, everyone has their own style. And when you ask the question, people don't know what suits them. Just because it is fashionable, it doesn't mean that that is your style. You can adapt the trend, what is fashionable, this in-season look, to adapt your style. So that is where the difference lies. You're yeah. following me? No, I'm, I'm, I'm transfixed. I'm listening. So... Ultimately, there is always going to be the in-trend, there's always the fashion, there's always the color, there's always the print, there's always the in-look, the chunky jewelry, the tennis shoes, the high heels, the platforms. That is the look. That is what's out there. That is what 
this season, I the must-haves of this season. Then this style is how you adapt that concept to you, to your character, to your body type, to your mood, to your emotion, to your feel-good factor. This is like when you put on makeup. Sometimes you're in a really crappy mood and you want to put on makeup for that feel-good factor. Sometimes you're feeling a bit low and you just want that pop of color to lift you up. That when you dress, you dress for you. Okay, okay. I'm coming to you, Mary Grace. Do you have a, a, um, anything to add to that? Well, yes, I'm hoping you do. But do you have some a different perspective on that? Yes, actually, um, fashion and style are two words which go parallel. They can never meet. And the thing is, style... I use more the word style and fashion is not in my vocabulary, definitely, because the word fashion drives people crazy. If you're looking at an image and you cannot wear it, you're not happy. Whereas if you seek style, that's totally different. That makes you happy. You're looking at what style you are looking for. And style and fashion, for me, are totally 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 different and it is something that it's truly they can never meet i'm loving this because this is really interesting because you two ladies work in the same industry but in very different areas and different focus so we've got two different kind of similar but different opinions about that carla <laughs> definition of fashion and style Okay, so I can't add too much because I think you both got some really good points out. No, you don't get but... let off here. <laughs> <laughs> My definition of fashion is more within culture and history. So it's something that we're going to look back at or something that's happening around us. So it can be something current that falls within our culture, like pop culture or everyday sort of culture or something we're looking back at for inspiration or learning from it so the history of fashion is there it's probably something we've all looked into and it's beautiful and interesting but it's not style I mean style is your identity so what makes you feel comfortable what describes who you are as a person I think style is something we develop a lot later in life as teenagers you're not going to feel like you've got your style down you know it's more about fashion and playing around with all these different trends and I mean if I look I'm so glad there was no Facebook when I was a teenager but, <laughs> for sure. yeah I have oh, like table some weird photos <laughs> of I, I had some like trend where I wore leg warmers on my arms for a year and <laughs> terrible but just play around with all these trends you know and then as you get older and you know what you feel comfortable in uh, what shapes you feel suit you. They might not exactly. be the best shapes for you, but you feel like they are. Um, what silhouette feels good, what colors feel good, what fabrics feel good. So I think that style is just a growing journey and follows your identity. But yeah, it's not, it's not fashion. That's really interesting. But you, you've differed on some points and you've definitely agreed on others. So I'm going to delve a little bit more into this style. One of the things that you just said, Carla, which was really, really interesting and just 
hit home with me was that as a teenager, as a young person, you would not necessarily know what your style is mm -hmm. and you're trying to follow fashion. And as you were talking about Facebook, I mean, thank <laughs> the Lord above, <laughs> the Facebook was not around when I was young because there were some fashion disasters happening in Essex, I can tell you. Um, but with this in mind, assuming that as designers, Carla and Mary, Grace, your personal style influences your designs. Am I right in thinking that your personal style that you've grown into, you talked about colors, you talked about being influenced by ceramics, you talked about your journey through being a, a seamstress. And of course, I'm sure, Roberta, as well, that your own personal style reflects the names of the brands that you align with because you're not going to take on a brand and represent a band I that don't you believe don't in. believe in. So now this leads me to the next question, because this style is kind of like, if style is what we're aiming for, fashion comes and goes, but style is what is kind of the golden egg. Describe for me, and I'm going to start with you, Carla, describe mm -hmm. your personal style. Okay. Not your not your labels, not what you design, but mm -hmm. you you as a person and you as a as a person who wears fashion. What's your personal style? So comfort is my number one. I'm liking that. But comfort doesn't have to be a tracksuit. You know, comfort can be trousers that are a loose shape, a top that's a flowy silhouette. So comfort for me is important. I like to be able to move in my clothes almost feel like I'm in my pajamas, <laughs> but they don't have to look like pajamas. <laughs> um, the fabrics I wear, I put a lot of thought into um, the things I make to wear or things that I might purchase, because if I don't have fabric that's breathable, for me that's uncomfortable and I'm not going to wear that. So comfort, color, and shape. My shape is always quite a loose and long silhouette. So whether it's, you know, a summer dress, it's quite long, usually high slits, um, not figure hugging. Or if it's trousers, I love wearing palazzo pants. I love had, having a bit of silk in there because I feel a bit of silk always makes me feel dressed up, even if the shapes I'm wearing aren't tailored or particularly sort of elegant or standard elegant. So that's my style, comfort, color and fabric. Has it changed? Has it developed? Um, I mean, apart from the, thank goodness that Facebook wasn't around, leg warmers <laughs> on your arms. <laughs> it has developed, I'd say. Um, I used to go for very, I've, I've always liked this loose silhouette and it's gone from very short to getting longer. <laughs> for my personal side um colors always sort of flow through um what else has changed and I think I every sort of year or every few years I learn more about fabrics and I incorporate that more into my style so I wouldn't say that eight years ago I had the same knowledge of fabrics or the same feeling or understanding or choices so that's something that I keep developing 
Also, you know, making a few bolder fabric choices like velvet. I used to hate Erin, velvet. I love that. You're now... very, just in case the camera can't see that, you might need to lift your leg a little bit higher. Yeah, look at that. No one's done that on the she word before. So for me, that's something bold. I used to hate hate the texture of velvet. And now I find it quite, in winter, you know, it's quite a nice, smart, chic, quite classic looking fabric. Um, but shape-wise, I'd say it's always been a similar silhouette. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Well, listen, that that's, sounds exactly as you're dressed today. Mm. So you've come on point, you, you're living and breathing the style that you believe in and that, that is you, which is great because that's going to lead us on to the question in a minute of how we do find our own style. Pajama chic. Pajama <laughs> chic. I like that. <laughs> Before we get there, I'm going to ask you, Mary Grace, mm -hmm. your style. Okay. Because you've had gone through this journey, and I have to say, you've you've come today dressed in one of your own creations, and it it I think we'd all agree it's absolutely gorgeous. You look Thank amazing. You. Thank you. But describe your style, your personal style. Okay, um, I just experienced a change in my style, obviously, because um, I went through, and I'm still going through menopause. So we love it, it don't we? Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, my style at the moment, first of all, I love suits. That's that has been always been my style. I love suits. But lately, um, I'm finding these big shirts, um, flowy materials. I'm just loving myself in comfortable clothes. It makes me feel um, at ease to think about my designs. Um, I create something every week for me, which has to be something new for me to keep my spirits high in my style, because as I said, I'm changing my style. Um, and that makes me alive. That makes me alive. I. That is really interesting that your style, you've gotten to a certain point in your life, we discussed this in the interview, you've gotten to a certain point in life and now your style is changing. Your style is adapting yes. to what your body needs. Yes. And one of the secrets I found that you have to do something new every now and then. Like, for example, it's not just a flowy vest or a flowy shirt you can for example do a flowy trousers with a nice flowy shirt and that comes because you have to have something that you wear every day for your work so I find myself doing something new for myself in this new style where before I used to work something very tight something very chic but not anymore because and I'm, are you as comfortable in the new style as you were in your previous style? Are you as comfortable in... No, I miss it. I honestly miss it because I really used to enjoy looking at myself and showcasing my work to other people through my clothes, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But obviously, the style that I'm wearing now is a bit too early, I think, in Malta to wear it. It's everything flowing, everything big. Some people don't understand the style, I find, because they tell me, why are you hiding your body behind that kind of shirt? 
and uh, maybe because they're used to seeing you in more bigger mm, hugging. Um, so probably. Uh, probably yes probably. but but i think i think we're still stuck to that kind of style where you have these kind of trousers and jackets that are mm. tight you I, know i tend to disagree to a certain extent i think people have shifted into the more comfort loose what did we call it pajama, pajama chic, chic. Well, we got pajama chic queen yes, over there but, so but there's a certain age that aren't yet I mean, there's an age between 35, from 35 onwards, yes, they are shifting. Mm. But I find that 35 and younger are still looking for that kind of sleek well, thing. This, this mm. leads me nicely on to asking Roberta about your style because you are working with named brands. So in, in some respects, you are working with fashion rather than... Agreed. But so my yeah. style is my style. So tell me about your what style. What you see is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> I have no doubt. Um, it's funny because I do have a style, but it changed. It really changed. And I think it changed after I had my kids. So first, it was, and that I think is a, a matter of maturity and a matter of feeling comfortable with yourself. I think it's a little bit of both. I think finding your style and feeling confident in what you wear is a growth. And I think it's a matter of, you coming to terms that this is who you are and you feel that confidence. So my style before as a teenager, oh my goodness, we're not even going to go there. <laughs> no. This but is like those, a confession show. Those who were born in the 80s know all about the flannel <laughs> shirts and the Dr. Martens and oh my goodness. Back, um, they're back, right? No, but it was bad. It was bad. Um, then obviously, I think, again, you know, it's like after I got married, whatever there was, the... You know, the tight clothes, the fitted, the fitted tailored suits, everything sort of figure hugging and that sort of style, which and heels. Oh, my goodness. I used to wear heels day and night. I didn't even own a pair of flat shoes. Never, 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 never. I gave I had my first flats after I had Sophia, my first. Ridiculous. Anyway, today it is all about comfort. <laughs> At this table today, today. Yes. my baggy pants, my loose. Are we going to see your baggy pants like we saw the? <laughs> there we go, baggy pants. <laughs> Constantly in trainers. I am 24-7 in trainers, so I'm really happy with that. My husband always arguing with me because first it was all about the heels, which anyway, I didn't give so it is loose tops, loose fabrics. Again, I love fabrics. I need to feel the fabric. I need breathable. I really get where Carla's coming from. You need to have that breathable fabric. I think that makes you feel, um, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel more relaxed and it's even soothing. And even again, depending on where you're going and what you are wearing, obviously, like I'm someone who feels very, very cold. So at the moment I'm into the wools, into the, oversized cardigans and like the loose woolen trousers and then probably I would wear like even tights underneath because I feel really cold but it's all about wearing those loose fabrics and then obviously if you have somewhere to go then I would say the fabric would change the material would change mm. rather than the look so you suit the fabric to where you want to go depending on the occasion but every day for me it is very loose trousers a loose top and then 
I'm a black person though. I don't really wear color. Sorry, we're gonna have to have a coffee after this. Maybe you can come me. I don't know, but I am always in black. But then I need my bling. I need my chunky jewelry. I need, I need that. That is me. And anyone who knows me would say, oh, Rob, Rob can carry it off. That is so Rob. I need my, my chunky jewelry. I need my baggy pants, my studded tennis shoes with like graffiti on it. That's me. And it's really funny because I guess it is the brands as well. I do represent the brands like that because it is fashion. But obviously there are other fashion trends which are not like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it just... I feel comfortable. I feel good in it. I feel confident. I can go to work. I can go pick up my kids from school, take them to football, take them wherever they have to go. And it's one look suit. So <laughs> it's just really convenient. I mean, apart from the fact that there's a consistency about being comfortable around the table, I think we're all in agreement with that. But there's there's three very distinctive styles, very, very distinctive women. And all three of you are involved in in style and, and clothing and and couture and your own label and fashion and and styles and which leads me on to because you guys have this wisdom when I was listening to you Carla talking about fabrics and then of course these ladies went on to talk about fabrics after that and I'm thinking to myself back to something that you said Mary Grace in the interview I've said it already you mentioned that probably 70% of women are not wearing the clothes that are their best option So we're probably wearing the wrong thing. And I'm happy to put my hand up and say, yeah, that's probably me 70% of the time. I'm in that 70% and 70% of the time I'm not wearing the right thing. But but then that begs me to ask, you guys have obviously got a very good understanding of fabrics, of style, of, of accessorizing, as you've just mentioned. Now, we'd all like to have beautiful pieces of clothing and... I think we all aspire to have beautiful pieces of clothing, but that's not necessarily affordable for all of us. So this, if this is the golden egg, if this is, if this is where we want to be, we want to be dressing stylishly and maybe popping in and out of fashion because we do want to see, we want to stay with trends when it's appropriate. How do, this is the big question, how do women achieve that? If 70% of us are getting it wrong, how do we achieve that golden egg of being stylish, of dressing the right way, and why don't we all end up wearing the same thing? Mm -hmm. I'm opening that for anybody that wants to jump in because that's up to you guys. Um, I have to say, I don't think I always dress the right way for my body. I mean, sometimes I'd wear something that's really not me, like something that's a bit more cinched in at the waist. And someone would say, why don't you dress like that? Because I don't find it comfortable. So it doesn't feel like me. So I'm not saying I always dress as I should. I don't think my style is like on point at accentuating everything that it should and whatever. But I don't feel like that's very important for me. I feel like being comfortable is more important sort of walking into a room and not feeling self-conscious because something is too tight for me for me as not that it would be small but that it's just not what I'm used to I agree so I'd rather wear the silhouette that I feel more comfortable in um to this sort of affordability and how do we look a certain way or what to purchase and so on I think a lot of the time we fall into the trap of 
buying too much, having too much choice, and then it gets harder to find your style or wear the right thing. I I'm not a shopper. I'm sort of in <laughs> in the fashion industry, but I'm not a shopper. Um, I like classic pieces and I like layering on top of that so I think it's less confusing when you it's like having your uniform you know your daily uniform your daily style and if you have too much going on in your wardrobe it's harder to find that um but I guess maybe for some women it's more of a hobby and it's more enjoyable to purchase the item rather than to wear the items so then it's a bit different well we know from women who uh, are young ladies or whoever is involved in fast fashion that item is statistically only going to have 10 wears mm -hmm. and then moving and um, for me that as a somebody who cares very much about the environment mm -hmm. we know that that is going to end up in landfill and that is an absolute disaster for the environment that mm -hmm. is a whole nother topic yeah and that we'll put to the one side but even so if that only has that piece of clothing only has 10 wears. wears that's not a relationship you'll build I'm going to be honest this jacket I have had I'm wearing today I've had probably for six or seven years and I love it mm -hmm. and I will not let it go because I love it and I will wear it to death because it's something that I feel represents me that's not to say that I'm I have a great sense of style because right now I'm wearing that with chinos and a pair of trainers so let's just lift the leave <laughs> I'm not lifting my legs <laughs> above the table um But coming back to this, how do we, this is what we want to know, this, how do we achieve style? How do we achieve, you said yourself, 70% of us are wearing the wrong thing. So mm -hmm. how do we find that thing that we should be wearing? Is it about choosing the right pieces? I don't think it's a matter of choice. I think it's the way we lead our lives. Um, the thing is that we are so busy. We need to be so comfortable in our everyday running of our businesses running of our daily lives that I don't think we really seek style. We seek comfort, as we're all saying, we're all agreeing on this, I think. Yeah. Um, I wish I could wake up in the morning and style myself to the most, I love, I love being styled every day, you know, but I cannot do it. I have to work, I have to concentrate, I have to look after my children, I have to do this, I have to do that. Um, but it's not easy to find your style in, in these days because, as I'm saying, we're very, very busy. But on the other hand, we can educate ourselves. We can look into our bodies. We can study more our bodies, what to what suit most. Like, for example, yesterday I mentioned that our bodies like circles. Whenever I see a lady and whenever I, I have someone in front of me that I need to design a dress for her, I go in circles and I see the proportions and I see the length. I see her lengthwise. I don't look at her widthwise. I, I look at her lengthwise because that is where the secret lies. And if you're getting the wrong waistline and if you're getting the wrong length, sleeve length, that is going to make an entire difference. You know, so I don't think we have enough time to to figure out what the style is for ourselves. Also, I, I think it's a matter of stepping out of our comfort zone. I think we're set in a way that this is 
what there is out there, this is what we have to wear, Mela, let me wear it. Rather than finding that day or time to try and wear something else. For example, I never wore loose-fitted trousers before. So what made me decide that now this is my style? So there had to be a point where I said, okay, you know, I'm going to try these on. So I think we need to step a bit outside of that comfort zone to try on different things and to see how they make us feel as well. If this is something I remember saying and noticing when I had the clothes shop, when I still have a clothes shop, but when I was present constantly on the sales floor and a woman would walk into the changing room with a handful of clothes and she would walk in and stand in front, you know, draw the curtain and stand in front of the mirror. And then I see her pulling, tugging. I said, look, you've tugged at yourself at least two times. You're going to buy it and leave it in your wardrobe. Take it off. Because if you're tugging it in the changing room, then you're not going to wear it. For sure not. And you will notice, even when you guys try on something, you know, when you try on something and you look at it and then suddenly you go on your tiptoe. So you start. That is when you start to feel good factor. You go on your tiptoes, already elongating yourself, and then you start to look, and then you start to turn, and there's no tugging and pulling, and that, sm that happiness happens for that short mind. Then you know that that is the right purchase for you. Whereas it could be leggings, it could be a jumper. If you start pulling at the fabric, hoping that somewhat it's going to stretch in the shape you want it to, then you're not going to feel comfortable in it, and... You could buy it because it's the in thing, or you could buy it because you really like it. But the truth is, you'd probably wear it once because it's brand new, and then shove it on your in your wardrobe and never look at it again. I've never. That's a massive tip. I've never heard that before. If you go into the into the dressing room, and you're pulling at it to alter it and to change it, don't buy it. No. What's the point? If you're not happy with it then, and it's supposed to be a brand new shiny item. You're going to be happy with it now. And that comes back to that happiness that you were talking about, Mary Grace, that you want to achieve every time somebody tries on your clothes. Mm -hmm. You want them to have that euphoria of, Yes, of, of course. Wow, yes. I feel good in yes, this. Yes, yes. Um, it's very, very important. And that is why I laugh. The fact um, that when we create, we create it for their own body. Because obviously, um, many, many people don't, visualize that no. they can look good in certain style in Agreed. certain cuts Agreed. how do we find those cuts how do we find we have to experiment uh -huh. oh really yes, yes. actually well, um, especially <laughs> sorry i have to say i said oh really and the three of you went <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> it's all down to experimentation yes. yes okay yes um and sometimes and i i say another thing i always tell them okay so we have a mirror and you look in the, into the mirror and you're just looking at yourself just from the facade. The people around you are looking at you 360 degrees. So you can never have the perfect eye view of your body. Of course not. So this is why you have to have advice. You have to have people that help you figure out what is good for your shape. What is good in the front might not be good at the back. And if you turn around at the mirror and you're trying to, to see yourself what, what fits you most, you're going to get creases by the time you go like this and you try to see yourself. So it is of utmost importance that 
the the style that you look for the style that you you want to achieve is comfortable you know that it really suits you and it doesn't come through books it doesn't come through photos it doesn't come through anything no research on social media on nothing it comes through your own self-confidence that's it you know, you've just, you've just jumped, jumped straight into my next question because there's something that's bugging me at the moment. And I'm going to sound a little bit old, but there's a bit of a trend on social media at the moment, this whole get dressed with me thing. Uh, I'm very new to this. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that it's having a massive influence on people. You know what I'm talking about? The get and dressed with me. People put on their phone and, and they do an outfit together. And they're putting an outfit on and normally this woman will start in her underwear and exactly. then she dresses up from her underwear. Now, one of the things that bugs me about that and, and kudos to, to whoever's doing it, but and, and apparently I'm now learning it, it's not, you know, just, just anybody. It's superstars are doing this and all the way down. But one of the things that, that that causes me to be get, get quite anxious about is that we don't all look like that. Our physiques don't look That's like not. that. And it's putting in front of us this pressure of, you said yourself, Carla, that you, we were before the Facebook era, mm -hmm. which means that we didn't have to live with the pressures that we are now living with. And this get dressed with me where people are trying on different outfits. Yes, they're looking at different styles and different clothing. And that's great because normally there's a try on this outfit, take this outfit off, blah, blah, blah. But how on earth do we as a society, how do we as young women and older women live with that amount of pressure mm -hmm. to conform to an image that surely we very few of us can actually obtain. How do we deal with that? How you guys work in the industry where you are making women look beautiful. How do we deal with that? How do we live with that? Hmm. Not easy. I think it's, it's I think easy. it is hard for us as women of our age. I feel so sorry for the younger ones. Yeah. Because we at least have some sense in our shoulders. We are at least more confident. I think we are at a state, I know not everyone is happy in their skin, don't get me wrong, but there is the confidence. And sometimes you could be wearing anything. It's how you wear it. It's how you carry yourself. It's how you come across. It's that when you enter a room, there'll be particular people that throw a spark. And it's not because of what they're wearing. It's their presence. It's how they come across. It's this, this energy that they bring. And I think at a certain age, you, you find that in yourself. I just feel very sorry for the younger ones who are still trying, I mean, these teenagers or nine, 10 year olds who are constantly seeing all of this. And this is their aspiration. This is what they need to look like. But they can also, I mean, we had magazines. It was, it was out there, not constantly in your face. But you can, I feel like, okay, it is constantly in our face. But nowadays, you can block it if you're strong enough. You can not follow those. Yeah. People don't follow the ones that, have a body that's closer to your body and still do those sort of videos. So I think sometimes visually we want to see those things. We're maybe excited or inspired to see those sort of bodies. I, you know, I think there are ways if you're strong enough, if it's really affecting you to decide not to see those things and see the other things that are. Agreed, but you have to be educated or you have to understand that there are there is that possibility available. I mean, how can you convince a seven, eight-year-old when 10 
out of 12 or one look, one standard look, and then the two are... It's tough. I think it's, it's tough. It is it's tough. tough. I'm not saying uh, it's not tough. It is tough. But there has to be some solution to it. 100%. And I think there is awareness. And I think even children today are being brought up to healthy living rather than a particular type. In fact, it's all about being healthy and having the right balance and eating the right types of foods and water and that's all. So there is an education around it, which our children are being exposed to much more than we did, which is very good. Mm -hmm. So it is not to have a stick type or that type of body. It's more about being healthy. Even exercise has become very important, you know, and it is drilled into this is your everyday pattern of life to live a healthy, good life. Though I still feel that when it comes to, I mean, true dimension that, you know, women, if you're looking at a body of a woman, a woman, more or less our age or slightly younger, but not like years apart, who has that body. And you're mm-hmm. like, as if. Yeah, but it's not even just that those that, that social media is showing those bodies. We now have these incredible filters. Totally. That, to change that change the, the body shape. I mean, you guys are in an industry where your your objective is to make a woman look beautiful. And this is what I keep coming back to. I think it's something we've spoken about on this show before. There, There is a body image and a body type that only 2% of women in the world have. And yet we say that that is the body type that we should have. And no, maybe I... this is why we're all dressed the wrong way. Because that's what we're seeing. That's what we're seeing that we should look like. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said before, I mean, I encounter people, I encounter ladies that they don't have time for themselves. They want to look better. They want to feel better. They want to eat better. They want to exercise. They want to do everything that is good for them. But their life is so hectic that that they don't even know from where to start. And I have these discussions almost every day with my clients because the first thing when they sit down, they tell me, I want to hide here. I want to hide here. Mm -hmm. I want to hide there. I don't want to look like this because I look like this, but I don't want to look like this. And my first reaction is, listen, just stop panicking. This is the way you are. This is the way you're going to be because obviously they come like, for example, mother of the bride. She tries to do her utmost to go on a diet, to feel good, to eat good. But obviously because of the tension that the wedding creates, they end up eating more, not eating less. So I always sit down with them. We have this small discussion. Not It doesn't have to do anything with the clothes. It doesn't have to do anything with the dress. We just find ourselves first and see what is, what's her agenda. Because obviously, Since she wishes to make a change, I mean, if others don't wish to make a change, it's fine. But if she wishes to make a change, then we have to do a plan. And that is part of the result of the dress that you're going to wear. And those who don't want to make the change, there's also a plan. It doesn't matter. You can stay as you are. And that is then when we really work on our designs. And that is where the most challenging parts come to make her feel good. And that is the, the feel-good factor. And this is what this is all about. This is what style is about. We literally eliminate style, uh, sorry, a fashion, 
and will literally speak about style only. But I want to sort of head towards the end and, and starting towards closing this conversation. And, and I'm, I feel like we've we've really ventured into some very important questions. We've ventured into what is style? How do we find our own style? The fact that your own style will change depending on what stage you are in life. Like you said, your, change, your style changed completely when you had your kids. Yes. Your kids. As you said, Mary Grace, you said that your, cha- your style changed when you reached a, ter- a certain point in your life. And Carly, you're not wearing leg warmers on your arms anymore. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> but there's a developing style here. And I really would just want to, to come to you guys to leave a lasting and final word of advice. I think we need to do this again. Can we do this conversation again? Because I think we need to delve more deeply. But for now, and I'm going to start with you, Roberta, what would be your recommendation to a woman to make the most of how she looks and who she is to be as stylish and as and feel as good as she can? Advice? Yes. First of all, she has to accept herself. That is number one. Be happy with who you are. You're great, no matter what. That is number one. If you're not happy, forget it. You can be dressed in the most expensive clothing or the most amazing fabrics. You just need to be happy. Then your confidence, you know, you can carry this off. You know, you can do this. But experiment. And when you see, you'll know. You'll know. It's when you try on something whatever it is, and you have that feel-good factor where you don't need to change for a whole hour before you go out, but those 10, 15 minutes do the trick, then you are confident. It's, it's a matter of confidence, really. And then the truth is that no matter what you wear, whatever you are wearing, when you do go out, because you're so happy in what, in what you are wearing or how you are styled, it could not only be a dress, it could be a handbag, a pair of shoes, a piece of jewelry, it could be anything really, that, which, which is your feel-good factor, people tend to compliment. And it is, it is a domino effect. So you go out, you, you are bursting with this positive energy, you get these compliments, and when one starts falling out, then you say, okay, all right, so, 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 so this is really working, you know, great. Just hold on to that, and then next time try something else. It's it's really not about what you... I mean, yes, you have to adapt to your body, as Mary Claire said, Mary Grace said. You need to adopt, adapt your clothing to your body type. That is very, very important. You need to understand what suits you and what doesn't and get advice. When you don't know, get advice. People are there to help you. Shop consultants are, consultants are there. They know their job, especially stylists. I mean, they know what they are doing. So if you can get advice, get advice. At the end of the day, they want you to feel good. I mean, she said the biggest satisfaction she had is seeing those happy faces mm. because people feel good. So get that advice. That is very, very important. But ultimately, you need to feel good in whatever you are wearing. You need to feel good about it. And go out there and get your energy and your self-confidence and just walk out with your head held high because you are fabulous inside and out. Love I love that. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> Carly, you got to follow oh, that yeah. one up. <laughs> I think it's about finding your classic pieces and getting advice on finding those classic pieces and that classic style. 
it's difficult, but I think most of the time, your mother knows best. <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> I mean, my mom and I have quite a different style. And she would comment on what I wear because she knows probably what might look better on me. And I take that. I take that advice. But then comfort comes in. Who are you? What do you feel comfortable in? So have that classic style. Make sure you're comfortable in it. Make sure you're going to walk into a room and not feel uncomfortable. You know, you get a confidence from feeling comfortable. And statement pieces, I think, go a long way. So you can have your everyday classic style and just layer with fantastic jewelry, you know, good accessories, investment pieces, a good jacket, and build from there. So keeping it, I think, smaller and growing it when you know who you are and what your style is, is a lot easier than stuffing it all in and trying to figure it out every day. So that's, I love that that's too. Awesome. Great, great words. I, I Seriously, I'm going to be watching this back over and over and over again. <laughs> and from you, Mary Grace, closing words. Okay. Um, first and foremost, time management. If you don't have time management, you're not going to look, you're not going to feel good. You have to invest in yourself with regards to timing, to finding at least one hour for yourself. Look and check what you really look good in. I mean, you wake up in the morning, you do your own makeup the way you like it, and you style yourself and you just go out. But that first hour, you need it. You need to reflect on how you're going to feel. And then everything comes along in a very good way. I like that. Fantastic advice from you ladies. I have to say, what a great show. I really honestly have learned an awful lot. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be giving your, your staff in your shops a really hard time. And I'll be coming and visiting you ladies. And thank you very much indeed. Cheers. Thank you, thank thank you, you. for a great, great show. I really appreciate it.